Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. and welcome to one-on-one a door county interview series i'm andrew clyden and today i'm joined with sam kersovit editor and videographer for peninsula filmworks how's it going sam going great so this isn't your first time on the podcast we actually chatted we've chatted a couple times for different things but uh you interned for us last year and on your last day we kind of brought you in and talked about how things went and what you learned and what was going on next and you're back now I am. So we can we can fill in the next part of the story. Um, but before we get there, why don't we why don't we jump back to the beginning? Uh, tell me a little bit about your your Door County roots. Were you born here? No, I wasn't actually born in the county. Um, it's kind of a complicated story. Uh, my parents are both transplants. My dad is originally from France, and my mother grew up um, just south of Door County in Manitowoc County. Um, so yeah, they uh, met kind of while working abroad. They both worked for a resort company called Club Med, and then uh, met in Cancun, kind of traveled around a little bit, and I was actually born in the Bahamas. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little plot twist. Nice, but, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I spent two years living in Bali after that, and then, um, yeah, my mom kind of had a little bit of homesickness, so we moved back to Door County, and um, my mom actually took over my grandparents' business that they'd owned and operated in Wisconsin for a good 20-plus years, um, and that was Ecology Sports, so... My mom still runs that business today, um, second generation business in Sister Bay, so yeah. So you moved up here, you said when you were two, right? Two years old, yeah. And you you went to school at Gibraltar, and where did you go to college? Um, I've kind of bounced around the state, actually, kind of taking that vagabond energy from my parents. Right. But yeah, uh, I started in uh, UW-Eau Claire and then did a study abroad experience. Well, not really abroad, just across the border. I went up to um, Quebec in Canada to do a French immersion program. And then when I came back, I ended up kind of being inspired and wanted to transfer to a bigger school that turned into UW-Madison, did a few semesters there, and then ended up actually finishing my college degree at uh, UW-Milwaukee in kind of like a film-focused degree. So, What was it like growing up in Door County? You know, being so immersed in it, I think it was hard to really appreciate it when I was young. But as I've grown older, kind of in retrospect, you know, I just, I realized that a lot of people that I've met, um, especially in college, didn't quite have the same experience that I had growing up. I mean, it's just so much time being outside in public spaces. I mean, I remember weekends going up to my cousin's house and we would go on these long extended hikes at Newport State Park. Um, I spent a ton of time in my backyard just running around, climbing trees. Um, You know, it's definitely, there's a certain seclusion in the winter. So a lot of downtime, um, kind of just working on personal projects. I think you kind of get the same experience that an adult does. You know, a lot of people who, you know, come up here for retirement or whatever, they talk about the high season in the summer and then kind of that like winter pensive seclusion. And I think you definitely get that at a young age, just, um, yeah, you know, a little bit more amplified because you're so young. Right. Well, it's interesting that you say that you kind of take it for granted and I can kind of see that, but it sounds like you, you took advantage of the county when you were young. I mean, you were outdoors, you were doing stuff, hiking, um, and you're big into water sports too, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, So my parents kind of in their travels 
met because of windsurfing. So my mom at Club Med was a windsurfing instructor and my dad was just passionate about windsurfing. Um, funny little anecdote actually. My dad worked in a it kind of in like food and beverage management. So he's working in the kitchen all the time, super busy guy. And on his lunch breaks, he would go down to windsurf. But since he didn't have time to go back to his room, he would just strip down into his underwear, hop on the rental boards and just go out for a cruise. And so my mom was like, who is this French dude wearing underwear cruising on a windsurfer? Nice. And he kind of like, I don't know, he started talking to her and that's kind of how that <laughs> came to be. So Well, and it's interesting that he found his way to Door County because that's kind of the Door County dream. I mean, you're working constantly. You Usually in a service, definitely in the restaurants up here, and then every chance you get, you're running out to the water and trying to like, even if it's just for a quick dip or like a, a lake bath, you're, you're trying to get out there before you go to your next shift. Yeah, I think it was a natural adjustment for both of my parents to, to come up here. So you windsurf. What other water sports do you do? I stand up paddleboard. I kite surf. I kayak. I mean, I do everything I can to get out, you know, depending on the different conditions. It really started with windsurfing. And then actually my uncle was super into kite surfing. So he kind of brought that. I mean, that was just starting up. He was almost like a pioneer out in San Francisco and that whole kind of community was starting. Um, so then got introduced to kiting that kind of turned into my interest in more board sports and then stand up paddle boarding, you know, just like finding out that there was waves in the county and knew I had to get, go harness that. So yeah, anything and everything. So where does, where does film and filmmaking come into play? Where did that kind of get started with you? Filmmaking has really just been something that's kind of been in the back of my mind. I've always loved communicating visually. You know, even in like middle school, I was the guy, like I would just make these random little edits because, you know, I had a camera laying around and I was, you know, wanted to mess with Windows Movie Maker. I was just kind of like a techie kid. Like I really liked computers. Um, and then through high school, that turned into like, you know, I was always the guy doing the the class projects, you know, our, our teachers allowed us to do video instead of writing essays and writing was never my forte. So I was just like straight to, you know, making video and um, did a little internship when I was a senior in high school, actually. Shouts out to uh, Door County Ice Cream Source. They, uh, for a whole semester I had, um, I was just filming these little ice cream product videos and they loved me at school actually because I would bring back ice cream for everyone to, to enjoy because you couldn't, you know, sell a scooped out ice cream pint. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it just developed from there. At university, I wasn't sure that's what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, after a couple of years of just kind of reflecting on it, I realized that I could make a, a career out of it. So that's kind of where it all came from. You know, it's interesting. The I also, like growing up, liked movies and, and liked stuff. But I, like, I didn't train in film and I didn't go to school for film. But I remember the first time that I realized that, like, like taking pictures or making movies was cool was when I was in middle school, I had a friend who was older than me and he got a cell phone before I ever did. And I didn't grow up like we had a camcorder growing up, but I, I never like played with that or, or figured things out. But he brought over his cell phone and his cell phone had a camera on it. And I remember like taking pictures of my toys like in middle school and being like, dude, I can see what I'm taking a picture of on the screen. And it like blew my mind. So ever since then, I was like, I want to like figure this stuff out. And in high school, I started making short movies with my friends and like making comedy skits and trying to like harness that early 2000s YouTube energy of like the the five minute sketches and stuff totally. like that. Um, so I did that in high school. And then in college, I, I played around a little bit. I took some film classes, but no production classes because I, I was really focused on like the narrative stuff. And like, I figured as long as I keyed into the story and focused on the emotion that was coming out of the actors, I'd be fine. I didn't think that I needed to worry about any of the other stuff. 
Um, so I never took any production classes. I was a theater major, so I, I did that, and I was able to pull other theater majors to be in my movies, which then when I would submit to film festivals and stuff on campus, I would get really good marks and awards because it was all about the story. Whereas the film majors would put up their stuff and they would pull from like their friends who have no acting experience and nobody thought to jump into the theater program and grab us. Um, So I did a little bit of that in college. I shot a couple promos for some theatrical productions, um, got into theater projection and doing video on stage. Um, And then when I came up to Door County, I did some trailers for some local theaters up here and then got the Filmworks job. So it's like... Film for me has always been a hobby that I've now made into my job, but it, it was just, it was weird. It was never my focus. Um, whereas it seems like for you, you really got into it. And when I hear you and Brett talk about cameras and stuff, I kind of sit in the background like, man, I really need to learn more about <laughs> cameras because I'm just like going off a of feel a lot, but it, it's cool to like dig into that next step. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole technical side, but I think like you said, the most important though is always going to be the narrative. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, I think approaching it from a technical background is important, but also like, I mean, there's so much to learn too about narrative. So I'm glad that, you know, we have that balance actually in the workplace because otherwise, you know, you could just sit around nerding out about cameras and not get anything done all day. Right. So you, you did the internship with us last year and then you went back to finish up school in Milwaukee. Um, what were you doing down in Milwaukee? Because it's been a little bit since you graduated. Yeah. So, I mean, my main focus was definitely school. Um, but over the summer, actually, I had met some people who have a production company down there so I was kind of doing a part-time little internship with them um they produced the television show Wisconsin Foodie um so I was just a production assistant ended up going and actually shooting a couple episodes too um so I got some cinematography credit on public television which is pretty cool but yeah I mean besides that that's kind of um it was a pretty part-time gig but it was also really interesting to go out and see, you know, how a different style of production is done. They do, you know, that's the 30-minute documentary where they're really focusing from, like, the farm all the way up to, like, the chefs putting the food on the table. So that was really um, a unique experience. Well, and I think that that kind of segues into the food side of stuff. So I know that that you're big into food and farm to table and you go out foraging and uh, you worked for Door County Underground last summer too. Yep. Um how, how important is food in your life? Food is huge. I mean, uh, my dad is from like one of the most, I wouldn't say the most food centric places in France. France is generally super food centric, but you know, growing up, that was just like, that was my upbringing. You know, we sit down at the table every single night and we appreciate a meal together. So food's super important. Um, I actually wasn't really working in the food industry until a few summers ago when I started working at uh, Wickman House in Trixie's, and that's where I met Matt Chambas, who's behind Door County Underground. Um, and uh, so when he started that up last summer, you know, it was just kind of a natural fit. They were just doing these little pop-up dinners, and it worked great with my schedule, you know, interning here. Um, so I can help them out, you know, during service, but then also we chat and we kind of nerd out about foraging and getting out in the woods and finding some really awesome ingredients. Tell me a little bit about foraging, because I've, I've always been really curious about about it. Um, I, I could say that I'm a bit of a forager myself because we grow uh, ramps on my property. Cool. And so I can just go right outside and get ramps. Yeah. But uh, but you, I mean, you go look for mushrooms and chanterelles and, and all of this stuff. What, like, what got you into foraging and, and what's the, like, what's the draw? I guess it's just kind of a marriage between, you know, my upbringing, you know, just being steeped in this whole food culture thing for my dad. And then also, you know, my mom, my mom's side of the family being this kind of like outdoorsy entrepreneurial thing, you know, it just, it kind of makes sense for me to like go out in the woods and figure it out for myself. You know, it's, um, I don't know, for, it's just, if, 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 
it feels like a natural fit. Like when I go out on a hike, it's just like the most meditative thing. And if you can just add that little element of being like, oh, we'll keep your eyes open because you might find, you know, this awesome edible mushroom. Like that's just kind of like, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a natural progression. So, I mean, there's a ton of different stuff you can look for. It's super exciting. Like all different times of year have different things to offer. I mean, the dead or winter, you're not really going to be foraging much, but like already right now I've been tapping maple syrup trees. Um, super excited about the ramps coming up, the morel mushrooms. Those are going to be in like the next few weeks, I'm hoping. So yeah, I mean, it keeps you busy. It's a good excuse to get outside. And then also like, you know, it's a good way to like share your passion for being outdoors. You know, it's so exciting when I can like have friends over and be like, hey, I like found a ton of mushrooms today. Let's have a meal together. One of my favorite things about your time with us last year is uh, your first day that you were with us, we went up to Washington Island. So you and I chatted on the ferry ride. Uh, and I got to know you and it, it was interesting because you've got this like incredible background, you know, your, your dad's from France, they met windsurfing and like, you've got this whole thing going on. But then like over the weeks that you were with us, you like opened up and I found out how like funny you are. If you're a very funny guy and one of my favorite things that you would do is we'd be walking around and you'd see just like any tree or bush or flower or anything and you'd pick it and you'd be like, do you think this is edible? And you'd pop it in your mouth <laughs> immediately. And it's like, it's one of my favorite stories from, from last summer because it just always made me laugh. I like, think this is edible. And before I could say anything, you'd put it in your mouth and you'd be like, nope. <laughs> um, so the... You talked about the, the, the maple syrup and all that kind of stuff. And that's, I mean, that's another branch of farm to table in a way because it's, you're, you're getting local ingredients and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not going to ask you to like divulge your locations because, mm. you know, you don't want everybody going yeah, to these places. Secret. But what are, what are some of the things that you can find in Door County? I mean, there's a huge list. I mean, and the thing is, is I'm learning every day. You know, it's kind of funny you bring up that point of like me popping something in my mouth. You'd be surprised how much stuff is edible. I mean, I'm not saying to go out there and just start eating anything. But like if you do some research, you'll find that there is just like there's a plethora. I mean, I was talking about ramps. I was talking about morels. But like coming up in the spring, you have other things. You have um, the ferns. So like the baby ostrich fern they're these little fiddleheads and you can actually go and trim those before they're fully mature and they're these super delicious almost kind of like asparagus tasting um vegetable and then you can also like you can eat flowers so violets they make a really nice little garnish for salads or you can actually like infuse them into um like syrups or you can even infuse them into like creams to kind of get a little bit more of a floral note from them so i mean yeah it's like flowers mushrooms there's wild asparagus there's like all sorts of different things actually one thing that i'm really excited about this year is sumac so sumac is this um berry it's this red berry that grows and they use it a lot in like mediterranean cuisine it's got this it's really high in vitamin c and it tastes kind of almost like really like citrusy um and you can use it you know as a kind of like a rub on some meat or something like that. You just dehydrate it and you can turn it into a powder and pretty much do anything with it. So, I mean, there's all sorts of things, you know, the more you kind of get out there and research the information, the more you're going to learn about. Well, and you had said that like going out and just trying things and seeing what's edible, is it anything like a video game where as soon as you taste it, you know the attributes that it will give you? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Normally, yeah, I mean, things in nature are meant to be tasty if they're good for you. That's right. kind of what it comes down to. But you don't want to be gambling, like particularly with fungi, like 
I mean, there's, you know, there'll be little mushrooms that look like the button mushrooms that you buy at the grocery store. But a lot of times those are actually some of the most deadly because people, you know, they, they say like, oh, that looks like a portobello. And they go pick it and they chop it up, put it in their saute or whatever. And then next thing they know, they're in the hospital or worse off dead. I mean, there's not a ton of mushrooms that will kill you. I mean, I shouldn't really say that because I don't know exactly how poisonous some of the mushrooms can be. But like, yeah, you just you just don't want to mess around if you don't know what you're getting into. I'd say like at a bare minimum, your first few times, go out with someone who's, you know, knows what they're doing. And yeah, I mean, at the very least, just don't go around picking anything out of your yard and try to eat it. That's the dumbest thing you can do. Right. Uh, how does how does coffee play into all of this? Because I was inspired last year through some conversations that we were having to go out and get a French press and like incrementally up my coffee game. So coffee's important to you. You talked about your dad with with base camp and is that was that part of your upbringing because I didn't get into coffee until I was in college and and even then it was it was an acquired taste for me yeah coffee came about pretty early in my life I probably started drinking coffee when I was like 12 years old and it was just because like my dad had owned a coffee shop he started it back in he always says you open the year YouTube starts so it was like oh five oh six maybe I love that that's his metric for yeah. when he opened it no, I mean, I remember fondly, like, he had finished refurnishing the basement, and I'm sitting at my mom's, like, crappy laptop, and that's, you know, I remember it was, like, watching YouTube videos for the first time. But, yeah, uh, growing up with a coffee shop, you know, just uh, being around that all the time, I guess I just kind of developed a palate for it early on. I remember going down to Chicago for, like, one of the first kind of, like, barista conventions and seeing what they're doing with, like, competition. So they were doing latte art competition. They were doing, like different unique drink competitions and just seeing all the different vendors that were popping up there. So that kind of gave me an early taste of what this whole like third wave coffee movement was going to be. And so pretty early on, I was cued into like what was happening with like single origin and like pour over and, you know, a lot of the things that you see in like some of the more trendy coffee shops today. So, yeah, I think that was kind of just an early introduction into like maybe more technical kind of cuisine, I guess, you know, like there's definitely a lot of elements from like the third wave coffee that kind of come from, you know, like molecular gastronomy and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, just seeing that early on, I think that definitely had an influence on me. When I was growing up, my dad was the coffee drinker in my family. I think my mom did too, but it was mostly like my dad makes a pot of coffee every morning and he would fill his cup up halfway with creamer and then put the coffee on on top of that. So coffee to me growing up was like this like tannish, milky, sweet thing and I never got into it and then when I met my wife in college she has a very Swedish family so it's black coffee every morning multiple pots and I I acquired it through that so my appreciation went from like I think the worst type of coffee that you can have to like the purest form and then I just started to like appreciate the more interesting versions of it so like we have a French press in the office and I was like cool now I can go to work and I can at least like take five minutes out of my day to like have that coffee ritual, which I know is is a big part of it. It's not just about, you know, waking up to a pot of coffee. You you take that that minute to yourself to to do something and to make something and 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 that's that's part of it. But I've been trying to get Dave to buy us a Chemex for the office because I'm interested in Chemex, but I don't want to buy my own. So if yeah. I could come here and explore, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think we need one of those. Um, how do you make your morning coffee? My morning coffee? So, you know, sometimes I get more technical than others. It depends really if I have a great bean to start with. So, I mean, some coffee that I really like is Ruby out of Wisconsin. Um, Heart, Heart Roasters out of Portland is really great. They do some really nice single origins. I have a few different methods. I like to use uh, pour over. 
Also, aero presses are great. Sometimes if I'm going out camping or something like that, it's really fun to take a great bean and then also just have like your little portable aero press that you can go on your campfire and make the most delicious coffee in the morning, maybe. How does an AeroPress work? This is new for me. AeroPress is a, um, it's kind of like infusion mixed with pressure. So think like espresso is made by pushing hot water through a puck of, of coffee. Um, and then like French press, for example, is infusion. So you kind of do both at the same time. So you fill up this um, like plastic thing and you use suction to hold it in there for about three or four minutes and then at the end you actually push it through a filter so you kind of get two different um, profiles it's really nice it's super like bold and heavy kind of has that mouthfeel of espresso but then also is a little bit more refined because you're pushing it through a paper filter so it's a really unique profile of coffee but it's also um, super delicious yeah so how much creamer do you use and what's your favorite kind? <laughs> I actually, you know, I can be a sucker for creamer. You know, if it's a darker roasted coffee, all things go. Right. The only time I really am like particular about like brewing, you know, I like I'll use a scale. I'll dial in my kettle to like a specific temperature is like if it's a nice lighter roasted single origin coffee. But otherwise, you know, if it's a dark roast, you know, I just I don't even weigh anything out and I'll put a little creamer in there. Not so much sugar. I'm, I'm more of like a cream guy. Sure. You, just enough before it starts turning the color. Right. right. Yeah. So you, while you were down in Milwaukee, you kind of had the, the story that I feel like every Door County youth has where they grow up here and they want to see something different. You came back very quickly. Um, and by no means are you here for ever. I mean, you didn't return and you're like, now this is where I'm at. But but what's that story kind of like growing up here, wanting to see something different? You got to do it and come back, uh, although very abbreviated. I mean, what's how is that for you? I think it's important to get out of the county. I mean, it doesn't even matter if you're doing it for an extended period of time. I think it's just really about kind of like refreshing yourself and reminding because, you know, as great of a place as Door County is, there's a certain pace I think that happens up here where you can kind of, I don't want to say stagnate, but you can get a little bit too complacent. In. And um, I think it's really important to, and you know, especially like growing up up here and just like being around that pace all the time, I think it's easy to fall into just like that pattern. So getting out, feeling some energy that you can only find in like a city where like things are really constantly churning um, is is really important. And, as, and also just like the ideas, you know, that you can get from a bigger place and where there's just more people having different conversations conversations. Do you think it heightened your appreciation of the county? Oh, certainly. Certainly. I feel like every time I leave, I come back and I'm like, oh, thank God. But not in a way that like I don't want to go back out and do it again. But it's like there's something up here that is just really like, I mean, th I guess that's just the the feeling of being home, you know? Right. I, I have kind of a similar experience, but almost in reverse because I you know, I went to college in Minneapolis and got a lot of skills ingrained in me in terms of timeliness and urgency. And, you know, you respond to emails as soon as you get them and you can turn things around really quickly. It, it's it's not uncommon in the city is to shoot somebody an email in the morning to set something up for the afternoon. And then one of the first things that I learned up here, like the first bit of advice that I got my first couple of weeks in the county was like indoor county, nothing is an emergency. So you might send an email and not hear back for a week. And acclimating to that and slowing down was challenging in my first couple months up here. But then when I was here in the beginning, I, I also came in like July is when we really settled down. So I had a little bit of summer and then went right into the winter. 
And I felt like, man, I'm going to have to take trips back to the city to like just feel that again. And the first couple trips I took back were great. But then like I go back every every September around my birthday to go to the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, see my family, that kind of stuff. But the last time I went, I was like, man, I really do not like parking in the city and like I just like how safe it is in Door County and relax and you can do anything, go anywhere, leave your car unlocked. And then going back to the city, I'm like, I am anxious all the time. So I feel like I've kind of settled back into that thing. But it, but that might be part of coming from that energy and moving to Door County compared to like living in this or growing up here and then taking excursions out. Yeah, I definitely think that when I first like moved to Madison, for example, that was probably the first big city I moved to, um, or bigger city. And I, I can empathize with your feeling of anxiety for parallel parking. I mean, up here for my driver's examination, I completely failed my parallel parking and I didn't have to do it until I moved to Madison. And then I got pretty good at it. You know, it's just, I think it's, it's, that's why it's important. You got to get out, learn how to parallel park, and then you can come back to Door County and never have to worry about it again. Right. <laughs> well, and the, the, the other part of it too, that you mentioned is like growing up here and then leaving is important because you get to experience things outside of the county. Door County is very different from a lot of different places because you have this like rural energy, but also there's a lot of, of more urban things that have moved in. The, the the small business side of things, the different like water sports and stuff that you can take advantage of. It, it's very unique because you've got this this cornucopia of different experiences. Um, did you find that you were missing the, the nature and stuff while you were out in the city or did you have an outlet where you could get out to the water or do anything like that? When I was in Milwaukee, I started rock climbing. So that was a really great thing. Actually, I kind of am missing rock climbing now because, you know, just kind of like early season, there's not a lot of like outdoors things that I can do. And that was like super nice outlet um, to be able to do that down in Milwaukee. I'm actually kind of hoping that in the next few years that someone takes initiative and builds a rock wall because I feel like that would be a great outlet for people who are here year round to like start getting active, you know, because the gym's one thing, but when you can actually go and like kind of have a little bit of an obstacle, I think that just adds a really cool dynamic to it. Um, besides that, yeah, I mean, I would go go on runs every once in a while. There's some nice little trails in Milwaukee, biking as well. But um, yeah, you definitely miss that like feeling of going out in the woods and just like kind of like it's, it's very meditative, like just even going on a little hike up in Newport and um, the bustle of the city kind of like, I don't know, it wears you down after a while. So it's, it definitely feels good to be to be back up here and be able to do those kind of things again. And now that you're here and you're, you're back with us at Filmworks, you I mean, you grew up taking video up here in Door County, so that's part of your wheelhouse already. Um, but what are some of the unique experiences that you can have shooting in Door County compared to like where you were doing it down in the city? Just a lot more open space. You know, I think that um, in an urban environment that has its own kind of like flavor and style, but I don't really think that that's my field of interest as much. I'm not really much of like a street photographer, or like an urban lifestyle kind of dude. Like I really just like being outside. So I think that's a lifestyle that I'm the most, you know, kind of intimate with. So when I'm, when I'm going out to make images and the kind of like the, the images that come into my mind that I want to create, Door County is a perfect backdrop for that. I mean, I couldn't really think of a better place to go out and be making kind of like outdoor lifestyle type imagery. Well, I think that that probably wraps it up for us cleanly. Um, we're looking forward to having you back with us for this year and and doing some new interesting stuff, getting outside more. I mean, you bring you bring a really specific and interesting energy to what we're doing, which I'm really excited about. And it'll be cool to see how, you know how the summer unfolds. And we're glad to have you back with us, Sam. Thanks, Andrew. 
For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at DoorCountyPulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Thank you.